This episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Adam, little time off, but we're back at it. How's uh, how's things going there in Toontown? Good. First off, I'd like to apologize to all the listeners. Uh, Caleb Dahlgren will not be on the episode this week. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, and he'll be on next week. A thousand percent sure he will be on next week. We just had some some 2018 technology problems, so there's that. Um, students kind of sad right now. You know, all the all the boys are leaving for hockey and school, so couple dinners last week but yeah you're breaking it to them right away zay just crushing hopes how are you doing uh you went out a little bit there last night i know uh, a lot of the hockey guys are starting to leave so you gotta get in gotta get in that last one before they uh run out of town yeah we uh went out for a bit uh won't name drop or anything but a friend leaves on monday so we'll see it see you later so yeah you gotta go out on thursday night i guess if you got Adam on Snap, you can check those out uh, live all night, guaranteed. Hockey news, though, what we're here for. It's World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. Follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT, the website, worldhockeyreport.com. Blogs up there. Probably read about five more from Adam before the season starts about how good Barkov is. Let's get to it. I mean, there's been a, you know, a good amount of stuff going on. Hasn't been crazy, but the big news last night, Hannafin, he's getting paid. Goes over to Calgary. He's getting about five mil a year for six years. Good deal, bad deal. What was your thoughts? I think it's a good deal because he's still, what is he, 20, 21 or 22? And you don't know. I don't think anybody knows what he is yet. Uh, plays in Carolina. So who's really ever seen him play? But high draft pick was kind of looked at as the top defenseman in the, the McDavid Eichel draft. And I mean, it's better to give him overpay him in his first couple of years and have him or yeah, overpay him in his first couple of years and have him want like seven or 8 million, which is what I think he could possibly get to it. A couple of good seasons in Calgary. Dude, the kid's a 97. That's crazy. I mean, he's a 20 or 21, whatever he is. Yeah. I did. It really doesn't matter if you're overpaying him for that first year or second year, because in year five and six, you're probably getting a steal when he's uh, kind of like inching ar- along that prime. So I think that's a great deal for the Flames and lock up some of those young D-men. And I mean, everyone knows how crucial defense is now in the NHL. You got to have those guys on good contracts. Yeah, exactly. And if he works out well with Hamannick, that kind of sounds like Brody will be back with Giordano, thank God, because him and Hamannick were a train wreck. But 32 points in 79 games on a very on a not great Carolina team. They had terrible goaltending, but yeah, six three D man who's 21 years old. I mean, I'd pay him that. I think one of the things that kind of gets missed when people talk about Ham or uh, Hannafin, sorry, is that he's almost played every game, every season. He's played three years in the NHL, and he's almost played every game. I mean, he's got 79, 81, 79. So, I mean, the kid can play. I think that's a great pickup for the Flames. And really, just with that youth movement, I think that's a step in the right direction. I guess we'll see, uh, you know, a couple other... What is it? Lindholm? Who's the forward they got from Carolina? Yeah, Lindholm. And Derek Ryan, too, technically. 
Yeah, okay, have fun with him. Uh, what's Lindholm's contract situation? I got no clue. I think he signed a similar one because it was one of those, not a bridge deal, but yeah, six years, 4.85 a year. So they basically got matching contracts. And once again, Calgary's kind of overpaying now, but they're probably going to underpay in a couple of years when, when those guys kind of hit their prime. But yeah, that's that's a good deal for him also. <laughs> And I, you see, with all of those championship teams, though, is that that I mean that those long term deals, and you know what? Maybe if you do overpay him for the first half of that contract, people are going to start ripping on you. But come and I mean, you got to have those guys taking a little bit of a pay cut. You see, Ellis in Nashville now, he definitely took a pay cut for what he could get on the open market, but he knows it's going to help the team. And yeah, sure, maybe you get shy to like a couple million, a few million here or there. I think they'll be fine in the long run. Some of these guys, I mean, especially the young guys, get that cup. That's what everyone's chasing. Yeah, and Calgary's got Lindholm, Neal, Goudreau, and Monaghan for, I think, and I, even you could throw Kachuk in there too. I know he's up for a, for a deal too, but they got them all for the same price that the Oilers have McDavid and Dreisaitl. So, I mean, you obviously want the best player in the world, McDavid, but five guys is a lot more than two. We're getting on that rip train already. Oilers Nation, get ready for this one. You guys just signed a bum defenseman. Too slow for the NHL. Vegas told him to get on the bus. Jason Garrison. I don't know why. Like, I get it. Secker is hurt. Yeah, you need a replacement. That's the guy you come up with? He spent all of last year in the American League. And they signed Yara back too. Yeah, I, I think Yerbeck's a better option. He's got he's at least got some upside. I mean, Garrison's on the way out. There's no way of sugarcoating that. He's too slow for the game. Why would you want a slow guy to play on a team that's built around speed and skill? It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It's kind of like the Anton Bellov signing where they got a good shot, but after that, they're pretty much useless. Welcome to the Oilers. Fill in those spots and... Honestly, I mean, I, I don't know what Bakersfield's got for the Oilers. Not much. There's no way. There's I, I That just blows my mind that they can't just be like, okay, well, let's let's use those five, six rolls. We'll give some kids a chance, you know. Maybe some guys who've been grinding out in the minors for a little bit. Let's give them a shot. We don't have to rush in Bear or Bouchard or whatever. We don't have to rush them in. But at least we got a couple of replacements. And what do they do? I don't know Garrison's what thirty three years old. I, I mean he's a he's an NHL veteran. He's grizzled it out for a while, but I think last year is kind of the the point where teams started saying, "Hey, you're too slow. Take a step back." Yeah, the league's changing, and you're not a part of it. <laughs> yeah, he's been on a few teams too. I mean, can't say Vancouver or Florida were too successful with him there. I'm not going to call him the exact problem, but yeah, their defense wasn't great on either of those teams. Yeah, I don't know. It's it maybe he's a good locker room guy. Who knows? Anyways, I just opened the hockey news magazine and there's an article about Barkov and Luongo said he's a top five player. So, told you. You're gonna trust the hockey news and Luongo? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty gutless and uh, nice, nice little free advertisement for those people we will not name. Ken Campbell's a tool. Remember when we got in a chirping battle with them via Twitter? Yeah, he's an idiot. And even like other podcasts, like the ESPN one, those guys just rip him because he's an idiot and he hasn't really done anything. He writes an article on the back page that nobody even goes to because the pages stick together. So nobody's really reading them. 
I didn't even know they still had magazines. I remember in like Bantam and Peewee, those were the things like, I don't, might've been the hockey news or whatever, but it, you know, you get those like magazines, you'd kind of just rip through them, see the newest Easton Synergy stick. You wouldn't really read the articles because they're just long and kind of boring. That's why blogs have taken over. I mean, that's like Barstool and those guys. Just, it's funny. It's actually interesting. You know, you get some useful shit in there. Magazines. Classic. Uh, let's move on. Some more player stuff. I want to I bounce some things off of you. What's your thoughts on Patrini's agent? Seems like he's kind of being a baby. He is. Um, I think... Well, technically, I might have sources here, but I think that Shea Weber's the real captain in Montreal. I think Pacioretty isn't really captain material. He kind of got it because I think mainly because they didn't want to give it to Subban. And yeah, he he should have been traded by now. I have questions about him as a player. He's soft. Like I'll I'll openly call him that. I don't think it's a lie, but. In his defense, he's never really had a good centerman to play with, so that kind of hurts his value, and he should have been dealt to the Kings of the draft, but they could have got the extension, then he switched agents or whatever, so who really knows what's going on? That was a pretty awkward handshake between him and Bergevin, but I think they need to relax, and I think his agent just needs to stay off Twitter. He's becoming like Donald Trump on Twitter, where everything Pacioretty does, he feels the need to defend it, which I don't think he does. I didn't even know that was his agent because I know I had read his stuff before. I was like, Hey, this guy's a clown. Like whatever. Congrats on being an agent. You know what? You're cool. Enjoy your little uh, Twitter feuds. And then I read, I was like, Oh my goodness. You're kidding me. That's actually patch Reddy's agent. So it really makes sense. I mean, just let him play, let him deal with some of that stuff. And I don't know, kind of an embarrassment for the game. And you got guys going like, maybe it's the team spreading the rumors. Like, Pacioretty would never say that. It's like those parents who'll never like be like, oh, my little Johnny would never do that. It's like, shut up. Just let them talk for themselves. Get out of the spotlight. You're an idiot. You're not playing in the NHL. You're doing all the behind the scenes work. No one really cares. My thoughts, at least. Uh, same goes for Lula Amarello, though. What an idiot. I mean, you're seeing all this stuff like, oh, he's making players change their numbers. And, oh, if you're not a veteran, you don't get to keep a high number. What a joke. Get off your high horse. It doesn't matter. I don't even know. Does he actually have, is there like an actual rule where it's like the GM can change people's numbers just because he wants to? Or is that just something like, oh, if you want to play on Lou's team, you got to change your number. If you're an old guy like he is then yeah you gotta change your number cut your hair shave just because your gm and president of hockey ops won a cup in 2003 or whatever with the best goalie of all time so yeah he's taken over at least in his defense not really in his defense but at least the islanders actually have a sense of direction in their organization it's not a complete joke no they're a complete joke anytime you're gonna like I mean, let the guys have some personality. You wonder why, like, one, you already got a shitty rink there in Brooklyn. I mean, you can't even fill half of it on a good night. Half the fans can't see it if they do show up. Now you're going to try and take away some of the personality from the players. And, I mean, it's stuff as little as the numbers. Like, who cares? If they're a good hockey player, they're a good hockey player. I don't see any reason in getting them to change it up or, like, oh, shave your mustache and your beard. Like, Give me a break. Could you imagine 
if someone in San Jose told Brent Burns and Joe Thornton to go shave their beard? Or how about going and telling Steven Stamkos to change his number? Something like that. Like, it, it's just nuts. I don't get it. I just think Lou's on a power trip, wants to be in the news. Guy's a clown. I don't know. Thank goodness that Kyle Dubas has taken over in Toronto. That guy's an absolute stud. But he's just respected, although I'm kind of happy to see a lot more younger GMs coming into the league so we can force out the old guys like Lou Lamorello and I don't know who another one is, Don Sweeney and those, hopefully Shirelli soon too. But young guys are, are the way to go, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the GM shouldn't be in the spotlight. Like, I don't want to hear about you. I really don't care. Just, I mean, let the players play. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to watch. We really don't care what Lou Lamorello has to do or say. It's not like he's building a championship team in New York. The Islanders are not going to be Stanley Cup contenders for the next 10 years plus. I don't know. Just give it a break. Let Barzell play. Let the kid flow. It's all about having fun, right? And of course, if you're having fun, uh, Adam, I know you might need some of these, eh? You're uh, feeling a little bit rough. Worse for wear. New energy. You know, if you want healthy energy, new energy is clinically proven great chewing tape. Great tasting chewable tablet provides a quick, clean boost of energy and focus, all powered by the goodness of blueberries and antioxidants without any sugar or that awful caffeine crash. Rough read so far. I'll get it back. I'll get it back. Each serving of new energy is packed with up to eight hours of increased focus and energy throughout the day from late night cram sessions to finals. New energy gives you the boost you need to kick off your day and finish strong. Get get new energy, and you can find them online. Getnewenergy.com. That's getnuenergy.com. You can also find them on our website, worldhockeyreport.com. Adam, any more uh, hockey news you want to uh, touch on specifically? That was that was a tough read for you. It's it's a bad look for the listeners. Bad look for us. Um, yeah, we can we can talk about this. I got the hockey news yearbook today, and just another plug for them. As we said, screw Ken Campbell, but let's go over their their Western Conference predictions, which are just or just like their Stanley Cup predictions, which are asinine, probably because Ken Campbell wrote it, idiot. Um, so in the Eastern Conference, Atlantic Division, Tampa one, Toronto two, Boston three, Florida four, Buffalo five, Montreal six, Detroit seven, Ottawa eight. Thoughts. I can keep up. You read so fast. Okay, just give me the top four. Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Florida. Florida's a fourth team? Who did it? Like in, in the Campbell? division. In the division. Oh, in the, in the division. Okay. Well, that, that's all right then. Toronto at number two over Boston. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a good battle throughout the season. I guess we're really going to find out. But regular season's so different than playoffs. And so... I think in playoffs, I'm still going to take Boston over Toronto just for the fact that, I mean, it's a defensive game still in a sense that, I mean, Toronto proved if you got shitty defense, if you've got bad goaltending, you're going to find a way to lose in playoffs. Tampa number one, yeah, sure, they're always a good regular season team. I'm still not picking them as cup favorites or anything. Like, I got no desire to, to give into that. I don't think they're a playoff-built team. I mean, they're a good, skilled team. They got good defense. They got all right goaltending. 
Washington made a mockery of them. If Washington didn't go on a little like two, three game hiatus, that series was all but brooms. I mean, I don't know. Sure, give them the top, but I still think it's a Pittsburgh and Washington league. Those guys aren't that old yet. Speaking of Pittsburgh and Washington, um, their Metropolitan Division, which is this one's, eh, it's it's a second worst prediction. Um, Columbus, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly. Those are the top four. Some For some reason, Carolina's finishing fifth. Columbus number one. Devils six. Holy, I got. I need to get whatever the, the hockey news is getting in their office. Maybe they're repainting in there or something. They got some paint thinner ripping around. Columbus number one is asinine. That's a joke at its finest. They do remember that Ovechkin and Crosby are still in that division, right? And yet again, I I just don't see it. Like Columbus is just a mediocre team they're all right in the regular season number one that's off the rockers what do they do this off season other than aren't they going to be trading panarin or whoever who's their stud yeah panarin wants to go to the rangers they said yeah i mean who wouldn't want to live in new york over columbus i think their big signing was riley nash and he's a fine player he's a oiler cast off draft pick but i don't know like Dubois is older, where Enski's older, Jones is older, so maybe like they're like, oh, those guys are gonna take steps forward. But like, how much better can like those three guys get? And then like you still got Dubinsky being a dead weight, and then yeah, I don't know. And then Bobrovsky, he's a sick goalie in the regular season, but playoffs come around and he's an eight fifty goalie. <laughs> yeah, I I just that's that's nuts to put them as number one, but yet again, I mean maybe they are painting in their office. That's uh, that seems stupid. Pittsburgh and Washington. I honestly, I still like their lineups. I mean, looking at both of those teams, there's still teams that I honestly have no problem picking them to win the East. It doesn't matter what Toronto does. It doesn't matter what Boston does or Tampa does. Okay. Maybe if Tampa gets Carlson, I'll give them a little bit more of a nod, but man, Pittsburgh and Washington are just two damn good teams. Yeah, that's fair. And I think even, well, maybe they might not win in the regular season as much as they could, but playoffs comes around. Those are the two teams you're betting on because, like, as uh, Ryan Whitney said, he's like, the way Crosby plays is kind of methodical. He's like, I'll put up 80, 85 points, just kind of not half-ass it, but really kind of turn it on in the playoffs like he usually does so there you go uh if you want to see these guys play this year and you know dubs coming up and all that stuff why don't you head over to SeatGeek? SeatGeek is an app that takes out the confusion from buying tickets from all over the website and it makes buying simple tickets are given a grade based on value a one to ten score on each ticket to let you know if you're getting a good or bad deal View from the seats lets you see where you're going to sit, like old Rutherford Rink in Saskatoon, not behind an absolute pillar. Uh, click on the, download the app, click on the settings tab, go to add a promo. Use our promo code WORLDHockeyReport, all caps, no spaces, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the app by clicking the link in our bio or just going to the app store or whatever. Uh, World Hockey Report, all caps, no spaces. Okay, so we're 0 for 2 on ad reads. 
not a good look. Well, they don't need, they don't even give me an actual ad read. It's just talking points. And like I I listened to another pod, so I kind of memorized theirs, but it's tough. You just love and giving out free ads, eh? How hungover are you on a scale of one to ten? Uh, not bad. Okay, Pacific Division. Yeah, okay, give me the other ones. Let's rip on the West. Okay, the the Pacific Division's probably the worst one. It's it's uh Calgary one, which I could see. I could see. Um San Jose two, which is fair. Martin Jones is good, even though he ruined my childhood. Uh Vegas three, stupid. Anaheim four, stupid. LA five, stupid. Edmonton six, Arizona seven, Vancouver eight. First off, my opinion. Um Calgary one, San Jose two, I could see that's they're both Too really high. good teams. Um Evander Kane, who knows what you're gonna get now that you gave him fifty mil. Um Vegas has taken a step way back. Uh Anaheim will I think Anaheim might be sixth in that division just because Getzlaff's old, Perry's old, Kessler might not even be attached at this point. And then John Gibson's good, but you just gave him money also. And I'm confused as to how he plays goalie sometimes. Uh LA five, who knows what you're getting from Kolvachuk. Probably 25 goals, but not nothing defensively. Edmonton six, which you could make an argument for them, but they have the best player in the world, so they're probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, and even if Cam Talbot picks up his save percentage, like point zero five, like he goes from nine oh five to nine ten, nine twelve, I think you're in a lot better shape. And then, yeah, Arizona could actually be a lot better too. I cannot see that. Flames at number one is too high. Tell you that for free. I like San Jose. I honestly don't know what to expect from LA, but I think regular season wise, they're going to be better with Kovalchuk. You need some of those goals. And I mean, you, you'd think he's good for, if he gets 30, I'd say that's a, a pretty good for him. Old bugger. Um, yeah, the Oilers seem a little bit low. I guess we'll find out what Anaheim's really got. Be funny to see Getzoff going to tear. Um, I, I think San Jose's number one in the that division, though. They, they should be. San Jose's pretty good. As for Arizona, I think they're still dead last. I mean, love the Saskatoon boy in net, Darcy Kemper, but yeah, I just don't see it. I, I can't see them doing anything worth looking at. Vegas is going to be real hit or miss. I think it's going to come down to Flurry again. If Flurry can have another good year, I don't see why they wouldn't be a top two team in the division. You know, Wild Bill's going to have to be good again. But yet again, those guys went on a playoff run. That's a lot of experience they just got. I get it. There might be some sort of that playoff run hangover. End of the day, though, still pretty valuable experience they got. And yeah, I really I wouldn't be too surprised if they're a a top two team in, in the division. How can you be a top two team without the real deal, man? Hey, there's other guys out there. There's other guys. Yeah, uh, Wild Bill will probably get maybe 30 this year. Good luck to him, but I don't see him getting 43 again. Uh, Best division in hockey, the Central Division. Most boring to watch. There's seven playoff teams in this division. Maybe not, but here's how how they think. Uh, Winnipeg 1, which I get that. Um, Nashville 2, I understand it. St. Louis 3. Uh, a lot of changes there. They bring in O'Reilly, Bozak. Bring in a damn goalie already. Yeah, Jake Allen still isn't it. He got pulled in the game that Martin Jones ruined my childhood. 
Uh, Dallas four, they're kind of the the wild card in this division for me. New coach, um, that's three and I think three years. Has Kari Lettinen retired yet? I don't know. You posted that he did, but I don't know if he actually did. Remember when I called that like like seven months ago? And everyone was ripping on me. They're like, you don't know anything. Like, you know, what a joke. Your page is a joke. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, well, is Kerry Lettinen officially uh, hanging up the skates now? And people are starting to question it. Like, bitch, come on. Read read our page. I mean, I posted that like three months ago, probably. It was right at the end of the season, I swear. Either he's retired or they're forcing him out. Um, Yeah, you don't know what you're getting with bitch. I'm going to go retweet that. Uh, check out our page on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Not a big deal. I will be re- retweeting that today. Bishop and Nett, kind of a wild card. Uh, they got Heiskanen coming up. He's supposed to be a stud on the back end, so he'll help. Um, Colorado 5, they're kind of a wild card too. You don't know what you're getting in net with them. Uh, McKinnon's going to be a stud again this year. Um, yeah, they could. I actually like Colorado. Yeah, they could, like, I think it might be a three Pacific, five Central um, or uh, playoffs, like, for wildcard format. Um, Six Minnesota, there, I think this is, this might be the year that Minnesota finally realizes that they might be at a crossroads like they have been for the past five years where they're not bad, but they're good, maybe to win a round. I think this might be the year where they they look at them themselves and say, do we blow this up and just let Erickson Eck and Greenway and Luke Cunning kind of take over their team because the guys they got not working out. Uh, Chicago 7, they have two players, and one of them has 50 points and gets $11 million. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, the thing about the Central Division is Winnipeg and Nashville are still so far ahead of everyone else. But there's some other teams with a couple of key additions. I mean, if Colorado and St. Louis could find goaltenders, honestly, I would put them up there. And you know what? It would suck for Minnesota, but Devin Dubnik, if that guy gets on one of those two teams, be worried. Be worried if Dubnik goes to Colorado. That would be scary. Yeah, Dubnik, oh, man, what a career, hey? Cast it off from Edmonton, ends up in like the minors in Montreal, and now he's just a stud on Minnesota. Did you hear his story? He said he was a third tendy. He said he was a third tendy in the American League. He was sitting in a press box watching games. That's bold. Um, yeah, so then they have, like, I think Tampa beating Pittsburgh in the uh, East Final and then Calgary losing to Winnipeg and then Winnipeg beating Tampa in seven, which, sure, but we don't think Tampa's good in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, let's talk about Tyler Sagan, though. Yeah, what's what's up for him? I mean, I don't needs a new contract. Had forty last year. Uh, kind of this year's John Tavares, right? He's gonna get paid. That's. I mean, there's obviously no doubt about that. But does he want to stay in the whole like tax free state, or does he want to go win? And if he wants to go win, does does he loves Dallas? Where's his best option? Because I mean, it seems like it's a good city and all, but like hockey wise, it's hard to fall in love with the Dallas Stars. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to get paid, but given what happened in Boston and that infamous YouTube vid and all the stories you hear about what a weapon he was in Boston, do you really want to commit 90 to $100 million on, on Sagan? Because Ben's there nine and a half, and I think he's he's a good leader. Um, but say, yeah, I don't know what Sagan, he's, he's committed to his craft and he works out tons post fids on it and all that but 
I I don't know. You know, with what happened in Boston, are you going to get him? You want to know what jersey he's going to be wearing? He's going to be wearing a Vegas Golden Knights jersey. Guaranteed. Mark my word. Him and him in Vegas is a red flag. <laughs> I know, but that's why. It's, it's just such a perfect fit of like red flag. They got so much cap space. They're not going to get Carlson. They want to replace guys like Neil and stuff. Boom. That's a perfect landing spot. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, I don't know. Who who knows? Um yeah, he I I think he stays in Dallas. I think they're not just gonna give up their number one center for nothing. Um and especially with Spetz's decline, they don't really have much coming up. So I think he stays and who else needs a new contract? Wayne Simmons. How about Wayne Simmons? That was gonna be my next one, kind of uh you know, he's he's up for a new contract. I think he wants to stay in Philly. I think he wants to go win somewhere. And how much do you think a guy like that's worth? He has dealt with some injury problems. That guy's an absolute tank, man. I love watching him play. One of my favorite. Like a consistent. Here are his goal totals in pretty much in 75 to 80 games. 29, 28, 32, 31. And a little bit of an off year this year. 24 only, but. Yeah, four basically 30-goal seasons and 60 points and 150, 120, 70 penalty minutes. Like, somebody's going to want him, although, like, he's not in the Lucic mold. Like, he's 30 years old, and you don't want to commit seven or eight years to a 30-year-old, but especially with the way he's played. Like, he's got he's got 760 games under his belt, so. Do you think he'd be – like, do you think some team would be able to do, like – we talk like three years, 20 to 25 mil for him. Like, I mean, he's a valuable player who can produce offense and he's also like a force to be reckoned with. So I think he would have to be one of those high end paid guys because teams want him. Look at how valuable Tom Wilson was to the Washington Capitals. There's no replacing that. I think, uh, it might be like the, the Kovalchuk thing where if he gets to free agency, like I remember, Kovachuk, most teams only doing two years, and then he signed with the Kings because they went to that third year. And Simmons might be the same way, where teams will only be wanting to go to five or six, and if a team steps up and goes to seven, then he's signing there. Yeah, I could see that happening as well. Anything else you want to touch on, hockey worldwise? Well, tryouts are going on right now, and I want to go on a little not a not a huge ramp, but just just a little tryout rant here. Uh, tryouts are going on stressful time for a lot of kids. And my message to teams is don't promise a bunch of guys spots. Like don't have your whole team picked before tryouts because you're not having a competitive camp. And there's probably six or seven guys at tryouts who are better than your actual team. So um, it happens junior pro wherever if you're promising guys spots your team's not gonna be very good oh man tryouts are the biggest joke nowadays and even like even when i was playing too i'm sure your your brother could speak to it as well it's you literally like you show up to camp and 95 percent of the team's already like picked or promised and so you show up there and if you're one of those uh kind of just the the low level players like myself you know you show up and you're just like okay like i can grind it out i can be sick but still if buddy's parents are i mean like on the board or something or you know it's nuts it's just like okay well it's hopeless now and that's why junior hockey's getting washed down that's why midget hockey's getting washed down it's just how the game goes and yet again i think the biggest thing that gets missed with all that is like 
yet again, just have fun. It's hockey. Like too many people. It's like end of the world. If they don't make midget trips or, you know, it's crazy. I was seeing there was frick. When was that at the rink? But there was like a Bantam triple a tryouts or something. And you know what? It's like an inner squad game and there's parents just hooting and hollering, like just screaming at their kids, yelling at the refs, just bonkers. Just calm down. It's hockey. And it's almost embarrassing. Like, I could not imagine if my parents were like that. Coaches make mistakes. I think most coaches make the mistake like once or twice. And then they realize that have, have a competitive camp and have some, some competition for the, for a couple spots. Like don't go with your team pick because guys go in and they think they're sick and they maybe don't go as hard in the summer. So yeah, that's just a little, little tidbit. I was talking with my buddy, uh, Cooner there. We were Steve Coon, not a big deal. Kid, uh, played in Spoke Compton, a little bit of CIS and then went overseas. He played with ticker, uh, Dustin Tukarski back in, in juniors and stuff. And he said that Tukarski got cut from like five or six midget trips teams. Before we went to the, the, the Mintos. Yeah, one Talus. And then he went to Talus at the Mintos. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to say politics aren't there. Uh, I believe Joel Rumpel, too. He's now overseas, but he was, he was a sick goalie at Wisco. Another guy just got shafted everywhere he went. Boom. I mean, went to Penticton and he was just a stud. Like, it was just bound before a team gave him a legitimate chance. I mean, kid proved himself. So, yeah, I think coaches just, I mean, there's so much that's like, oh, I got to keep this kid because someone said so, or, you know, he's the nephew of an NHLer. I don't know. Kind of just ruins the, the, the whole integrity of the game when, you know, you're keeping shittier kids just because. Simon says yeah and it's kind of a joke too and when guys might have been signed or they might have played somewhere last year and if you're not going with the guy who might not have the resume and usually you don't but in a lot of cases they're better than the guys who have played somewhere and it's such a joke like seeing all those minor midget leagues and basically like if you're talking up a guy who played minor midget it's basically double a and they're like oh yeah he had 30 points in minor midget and that's and then they they'd probably have ten in AAA. So I mean, all the all the talking up the talking up the guys and stuff like that. You know, it's kind of a joke. Minor midget, such a joke. And I always made fun of it playing. But I mean, in Saskatchewan, we didn't have it. Not a big deal. Played a little bit of trips the first year. I was what fifteen? Is that your first year midget? Yeah, fifteen. Because it was before my sixteen year old year of juniors. So. Yeah, like uh, playing Legionnaires, I mean, being a 15-year-old, yeah, I sat on the bench, of course, and yeah, I took practice reps for the most part of the year. But I mean, these kids playing minor midget that are like, oh, we played in a 15-year-old league, you know, it's basically midget AAA. No, it's not. So far from it. Watching it now, you're like, oh my goodness. That's not even holding a candle to midget trips. It's weird. I, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't think that they should be babying these kids. They're like, oh, well, there's a size difference. I need time to develop. I mean, why why reinvent the wheel for minor hockey? I don't see it. I don't see a point in it. Just let them go through the, the A, the double A, the midget triple A. Don't make new leagues for everyone just because someone's getting cut. I don't know. It's kind of a joke. And with all the leagues and this guy played there and this guy played here and all the kids are talking it up, but it's like, yeah, and you know, you know the type of player there are just by talking to them. But yeah, so 
that's that's our round for the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. On Instagram at World Hockey Report, we'll we'll kind of kick that back up a little bit and get some some sick posts in there. But yeah, uh, Caleb Dahlgren. Dahlgren. If you're miss, if you're missing out on hockey too, I got to give a, a couple of plugs because there's some buddies still uh, playing over the pond and Champions Hockey League's going on right now. So that's like a, a weird thing that the Europeans do when they play like across into like different leagues. It's it's pretty funny. Like I I don't know how they get that or even get approval for it because like just go like headhunt teams and different leagues and shit it's crazy it's not even a part of the league so yeah go give that a watch it's good hockey still and all like i mean it's solid players like well even matt Stajan now from the flames he signed over in germany and shit so it's good hockey i'll keep you busy i mean like eight out of ten would recommend if you're dying to watch some legitimate hockey and don't want to watch whl preseason or any of that stupid football but yeah, let's get out of here. I gotta I gotta run. So uh we will catch you on the flip. Go check out the website to worldhockeyreport.com on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Adam buddy, see ya. See ya.